Welcome to the Fargo Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 309, titled Aporia. Do you know what Aporia is? No, I do not. What is it? Uh, I looked it up. I didn't know what it was either, but it said it was an irresolvable internal contradiction or logical disjunction in a text, argument, or theory. Similar to, like, uh, the the Cretan says all Cretans are liars. Uh, right. That has an internal logical contradiction. Yep. Um, I don't know where that exactly lines up with this episode, but it does have a feeling about it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's referring to Mo. It could be. Yeah. He's all Mo's are are smart. <laughs> <laughs> Says Mo. Yeah. Yeah. And impartial in their police work. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What do you think of this episode? I thought this episode was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. It is shaping up to be my favorite season of Fargo, and um, I feel like adding Mister Wrench was the spice in the salsa that this this season needed to take it to the next level like every single time he pops up with this guy's this guy performs Mr. Ranch with like this barely contained fury that I really uh, find interesting like he's just unbelievably pissed off about everything that's going on and they've got that really sick drum beat anytime that yeah. he steps onto the screen and I cannot get enough of it and they just the fact that they've developed this Vargan this semi mythical villain and mm-hmm. the links at which he will go to to accomplish his, his plans um I, I yeah I I loved it I I thought it was great I thought Ewan McGregor did the best work yet of an already pretty good season with his monologue about Ray, uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I I think this was also a really excellent episode. Um, it had a lot of development for some characters that I think desperately needed it. Um, if you want to talk about like Gloria, I, I think she got a lot of development that she needed, and it, you know that that's that's a positive for this episode. But I think overall, it's kind of a negative for this season in my mind because I think they should have done that way earlier. I think Gloria has been kind of a flat line this season for me. I think that's, for the most part, I I want to hold off until the next episode to to definitively talk about that because I'm still holding out hope that they are going to do something that brings all this together in the next episode because I kind of feel like that's an intentional stylistic choice to to make her empathize with the robot who just goes around and says I can help and makes no sure, difference. Yeah. Until the very end, when they find out that they've done something that a dance, you know, mm-hmm. since it but, seems like they're very tracking with that that theory and that plan and that 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 story integration, I'm going to guess that something's worth it. Now, you're yeah, probably going to say, "I'm just like that." Is that is that satisfying? Wasted Carrie Coon, right? Right, right. right. Like, it depends on how good the, how good the thing is. Perhaps, and, and I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I just think, you know, there's a reason why you've established your characters and their motivations in Act 1. It's so that the rest of the show resonates, you know? And I think, or or at least part of the reason is that. Well, and I think I mean, they, I, they've been really missing that with Gloria. So, so you don't think, because I feel like they've, they've established her personality and her stakes early on. It's just that when she's playing a ghost, essentially... Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that everything that we like about Carrie Coon is kind of subsumed by that. Mm-hmm. And very, very, very rarely do you get these flashes of steely Carrie Coon that you're wanting to see, like feisty Carrie Coon and angry Carrie Coon and uh, Carrie Coon that's having, you know, like, like you know, leftovers Carrie Coon, if we're going to be blunt. Right. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just didn't understand 
necessarily her emotional motivations going in. Like, I understand her mission, right, is to solve this murder and she's no nonsense, like, that kind of stuff. But I didn't understand where her head was at. And um, I thought you'd have a bigger problem with this power of love bullshit again that, you know, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I always have a problem that, with that. That, that Winnie, Winnie hugs her and it, it's it's so good it actually solves her technology problems. Right, right. It, it makes her a real boy, essentially. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But it does. I mean, I I don't have as big a problem with that as you do. So, like, I thought it was I thought it was sweet. And it, it was, you know, because the one thing about Fargo that all the other seasons had that this has kind of been missing is heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that we were debating whether Nikki really loved Ray shows that they're like the fact that we never really connected with Gloria and her son. You know, there is like Molly and her dad. And even it was cute seeing the relationship with her and Colin Hanks. Yep. Uh, you know, Lou and his wife and, and little Molly and uh, the, the grandpa, uh, you know, Ted Danson's character, like all that stuff gave it an emotional uh, heart. And going back to the yeah. first Fargo, you know, Marge and the relationship with her husband and the fact she's expecting and uh, that the, the heart has kind of been missing in this season. Yeah. And I feel like they started to find it late this episode, and maybe that will pay off something. Something profound and grand. Well, I just think it's too late at this point for me. Even if all of the Carrie Coon stuff is wasted, I still think that the rest of like like on and again, I haven't fully thought this through, but like it's already I think better than season two as far as a villain angle and just Mm -hmm. like just an interest in the plot itself. And I kind of want to say that Varga and his you know, Yuri Mimo access is already more interesting than M- Lorne Malvo. It's possible. I mean, yeah, so I'm focusing right now on the Gloria stuff, but I think everything else in this episode is excellent. And, and David Thewlis, just the fact that yeah. he can – like like I'm – like when they when he was sitting in the crapper no, pounding Rocky Road. I don't want to think Road, about this. You know, and like they keep like I I like I have a visceral reaction to them yes. slowly like like go, zoom, zooming into his mouth and like oh like just please stop stop <laughs> yes Whew. and then when they play it again over but, Nikki well it's, that's even worse they play the they, they they play the ghost mouth and it's all just ah, yeah. it's almost like fucking Gollum eating a fish or something <laughs> it's it's repulsive yes it is yes and but that's it's like you know we always talk about Joffrey like. Yeah. There's a difference between characters you hate and the characters you're supposed to hate. And, mm-hmm. like, boy, they really are tapping into, like, so many subconscious Freudian things that I just – just just give me the fucking willies. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. And he's doing such a great job as uh, both a, a repulsive force of nature and a worthy adversary. Uh, yeah. It's, it's fun. Do you think we've dodged the Fishnado bullet this season? I think the Fishnado came. You think so? The last episode? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that was completely out of left field, hmm. uh, f- but but fairly foreshadowed force of like like a supernatural event. Uh, I think that the hug is another fish, like a minor fishnado, like a, hmm. okay. a, a aftershock. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean I, that's the thing is like I guess my. I'm trying not to say we're over the fishnado yet because if they yeah. if, if they combine forces and come back in a final episode and it's, it's it's a big part of that then then what do you do? Yeah. But uh I don't know. I I feel like that I just 
between watching all the rest of the Cohen stuff and getting a better idea of what the show's emotional and spiritual palette that it can play through, and just also I'm sick and tired of getting, getting sucker punched mm-hmm. and having a show that I otherwise enjoy kind of be borderline ruined by a moment um, or just very distracted. I, I, I went in I went in trying to appreciate it, and I, I, all that stuff came together. And, it, mm-hmm. I mean, also maybe it's better. Like, if you're going to have a fish NATO or UFO, like the fact that you really have a lot of meat on those hooks and it's just kind of more it's, – it's a it's a direct, you know, like an awe-inspiring judgment of God is mm-hmm. like if you're going to have a fish NATO, that's a better fish NATO than just fish causing a vehicle to wreck or a UFO f- spoiling a firefight. Yeah. I think it's yeah. better. I don't know that I have a leg to stand on that, but that my subjective opinion is it felt better, for, felt more earned, felt – felt more real and grounded in the material than anything that's come before. Sure. I think I agree with you. Um, yeah, I didn't have as big a problem with the Fishnado, but the uh, UFO last season, boy, that took me out of it. Yeah, and even the Fishnado wasn't fatal. It just really, it really kind of is like a, it's like a lingering fart in a room for the next episode or two. By the time, yeah. by the time season one of Fargo ended, I was back on board. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, like I said, that's the other thing. It's like maybe it's just a left the UFO hit in the the episode before the finale, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was oh nine. Yeah, but the Wandering Jew happened in oh eight of this year, mm-hmm. so like it's still. I think it was episode but six I, in season one yeah, yeah, when yeah. the Fishnado hit. So. But I, I, like I said, I love I love the the Wandering Jew. Yeah, so. I thought it was good too. Before we talk more about the episode, don't forget about the survey uh, Fargo dot com. Uh, if you want to let us know how we're doing and give us a couple of demographic information to help us uh, out with some advertisers, I would appreciate it. It's just a couple of minutes. It just takes a, just a, just a few minutes to take. It's completely anonymous. There's no we don't even ask for your email. Uh, it's just a way for you to let us know how Bald Moves doing, and uh, why wouldn't you do that? If you if you do nothing else, uh, we could use your support on that. Uh, as you know, we're still in our super busy period of uh, 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 Bald Move right now. We got leftovers is done, but we still got Fargo. Better Call Saul on an ongoing week. We also have uh, a first run movies. We wrapped up the Mummy. Ha <laughs> ha! See what I did there. Good one. Yeah. Uh, last week was well, another week or two until we have Baby Driver. But we also did the commission podcast on Shutter Island, the DiCaprio Scorsese collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had an episode of Quip Drop for the club members. Next week we're doing a Bad Guy Javi episode of the uh, Telltale's Walking Dead video game. Lots of cool stuff on Bald Move. We also have another commission podcast on Dr. Horrible Sing-Along next mm-hmm. week. Check all that stuff out at baldmove.com. And don't forget about the survey, fargo.baldmove.com. Uh, what what scenes do you want to talk about here? I mean, there's a lot to go on. You know, there, there's this whole plot of, I guess, the Patsy. You know, the, the James Kill Kelly, essentially. Uh-huh. The guy who goes to jail for money. Um, yeah. And then repeating the murders from earlier on in this season. And the fact that Mo hit it hook, line, and sinker, which totally, you know, of course he yeah. did. But I like to use it because it's like, you know, it opens up on a sprinkler in, in the middle of winter. Or I guess it's like late spring. And I'm like, what the hell? This guy deserved to die. Snow. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sprinklers gets, in the winter. snow on the ground and you're just spring. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Right. And then when, when Mimo kills him, that shard of glass, it's shocking. And then the blood and milk kind of mix together and it's very Westworld. Yeah, it's also reminiscent of Rai's murder from the beginning of season two. Um, you know, he's or not his murder, but that that opening scene um, where he kills the people the in the yeah he kills the yeah. people in the diner. Yeah, 
And then I think you see scenes of milk and blood there. Milk and blood is just a really striking visual uh, contrast. Like very rare in nature do you see pure white, pure black, pure red. And we see both those substances swirling together. It's just like really visually uh, striking. Yeah. Um, And the camera loves it. So I thought that was cool. Um, Does this – so I I know we got some feedback on this, but I also had it in my notes to discuss. Um, What does this do for my little theory that Maurice didn't kill Ennis? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, Because I felt like if that was to be true, something of that would have came up in this episode. I still find it hard to believe that Maurice would kill someone in that way. Mm-hmm. And there's also, like, who was in the house when when uh, Gloria was sweeping it. Um, I don't think it was Maurice. I don't think the timeline works out for that. And also just doesn't feel like Maurice has that in him. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the question I have there, you know, if, if Maurice didn't kill Ennis... Um, so... Certainly the copycats, you know, Varga in this case, could yeah. know the details of those murders, of course. I think. Well, I mean, it's that's probably in the papers, that's, right? That's, that was the whole point. Yuri went and stole those case files, right? Right. So that he had, if if in Emmett ever got, I mean, he's thinking, I'm, I'm guessing he's thinking four or five steps ahead of Emmett ever got cold feet and went to confess to fuck up my plan, then I've mm-hmm. got this in my back pocket. It's that the stage I can, four, yeah, that he's I'm talking guessing. about. Phase four, or whatever. There's it is. phase late phase five at the end of the episode, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what those all mean, but like they're obvious. This is a scam that they run multiple times. Yeah. Uh, the I guess the question I had was how would they have his mail? But I that might be in the files, the how case they have files. His mail. Yeah. So they said there was Ennis mail in the trunk of that car, um, uh... and that there was what else was there? A picture of Ray and Nikki from his house or something. Interesting. Um. I'm not sure how they get that stuff. I, I think they could have got the picture pretty easily. They were well, yeah, in Ray's, Ray's house. house yeah. But, like, the mail, maybe it was in the case file that Yuri took. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I can't – I don't think they ever went to his house other than, you know, the stealing the case files. I hope that is I, – I, man, that might never be resolved. Um, and also don't look, I, I, the other thing is like with only one episode to go, I'm wondering if the Ennis stuff is ever going to make sense. Mm-hmm. Like I keep on waiting for the payout, like the, 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 the justify what I thought was an ambitious, but ultimately unsuccessful creative episode where they went out to LA. Yeah. I haven't seen anything yet. And I'm starting to think that that's like in, in Holly's mind, he did what he wanted to accomplish and he got the effect that he wanted. And I just didn't like it. Yeah. Just fine. It's possible. I, I yeah. do admire. I do admire the creative failures. Um, you know, subjective creative failures. I do. I, I'd rather have a person swing for defenses and miss a few times and strike out than to just always bunt. You know, who wants to watch that? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and especially if he can get a home run every once in a while, that would be that. That that's awesome too. Yeah, uh, I really like the scene where they they find this George Stussy guy and Moe's looking at him, and you mm-hmm. kind of. First of all, he asks his name, and the guy's like George. He's like, "No, his last name, you ass hat." Right? Like, ah, uh, it was it just really funny. I, and then I, the I, yeah, I feel like uh, Moe's not cool enough to say ass hat. Yeah, yeah, he'd have some other insult for I mean, him. Ass hat felt like it was something born on the internet in the early, in yeah. the, the early to mid two thousands, and for him to like, I that seems like something his his teenage daughter would say, as he would say, yeah, a smart ass teenage daughter. I said, but whatever. 
I, I do like the He's dead a... man's POV looking at him, though. That was kind of a yeah. cool shot. Yeah. Uh, they use some kind of fisheye lens there. Which... Someone is, is sent in and was mistakenly thinking that this person's supposed to look frozen. Oh, no. Because the freezer door was open. Hmm. I think that's just a detail they replicate. Because, like, I think the guy's blue because he suffocated, and the yeah. crusty white stuff under his nose and mouth are super glue. Yep. Um, why? And, and I think that Maurice probably left the freezer door open because he was just turning the whole place over looking for this this non-existent stamp. Yeah. And this guy, that was just a detail in the crime, so they, they, they copied it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, I think it's, it's it's something really funny about Mo jumping to this conclusion, uh, and being so smug with glory, and everybody's slapping him on. Like I, I, what really sold me on the scene is like all these people coming and slapping him on the back for solving the crime of the century, mm-hmm. and she's asking all these like justifiable questions about like, well, what about this guy that's confessional? What about this eyewitness uh, alibi that's like not holding up? And he's just like, no, 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 forget it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I think my favorite part of that scene is Deputy Doofus. I don't know what his name is, but when he's like, oh, yeah, the manhunt's over. And she's mm-hmm. like, there's a manhunt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it lasted 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Can that fit? That could be fairly called a manhunt. I don't know, but he he seems to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the confession. Okay. Because I think this is some of the best work that Ewan McGregor's done on the show. Yep. Because it very we had all these questions about the nature of Emmett and Ray's relationship and their family thing. And they, in, in, in like a, a, a very efficient five minute scene, I feel like they wrapped up all those answers conclusively. Yeah. That Emmett did take advantage of his brother in a very calculated way. Maybe. Then, I mean, there's, I don't, I don't know that I totally believe that because there's the idea, you know, if, is a lie, a lie, if you believe it. Uh, and then how do you, how would you say, you know, someone got cheated if it's a deal that everybody walks away from happy? Like well, everybody got what they wanted, right? And I don't think Emmett knew that those stamps were worth a billion dollars or whatever, but they I, I think do. he just wanted them. I think he liked stamps. He wasn't a Corvette well, guy. Maybe. Um, That's the impression I get, but maybe I mean here's 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 why I think that. Uh you got a seventeen year old take with a fifteen year old, the way that mm-hmm. Emmett talks about Ray being the chubby, nerdy, introvert. Uh, the fact that he preyed on that to, you know, build up the like, you know, the pussy magnet aspect of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, also that he suddenly has perspective on even if he didn't mean to take advantage of him, he did win that scenario. And sure. And and then the, the, he's now got like what that would be like every time he comes over and he's got that stamp framed and like that's just a poke in, in Ray's eye and, and his brother, you know, he's living the high life while his brother is getting dodging piss by these scumbags uh, pissing on his shoes. Like, I feel like that that's how Emmett has always felt deep down inside. And he's been lying to himself and, and oh, people yeah. like For sigh sure. and his you know, wife and his family have been telling him, oh, no, you're such a good guy. You're such a good guy. Mm-hmm. And also it, it kind of – I wonder a guy like Emmett when he says everybody likes me but you, I wonder if that's even true because this shows a capacity for delu- like for self-deception and delusion that I didn't suspect Emmett of having. Because mm-hmm. um, I honestly until this episode I kind of thought Ray was very uh, sour grapes and now I kind of feel like Ray, Ray had Emmett pe- pegged the whole time. Yeah, I think there's an aspect of Emmett that 
And that that line, I also before I that the final line is just good writing. It's, it's fucking thirty awesome. years I've been killing him. That's just when he fell. Yeah, and he delivered that perfectly with his. You know, like I feel like he's got finally got full control of his Minnesota accent, and it just <laughs> felt so fucking Fargo-y that it yeah. that that I just God, I love that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene and a, and a perfect ending to to that scene. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I guess. I do come away from that from that scene with a, I guess a better understanding of that relationship and feeling a little bit more like Emmett cheated him out of it than I did before, mm-hmm. but also thinking they both got what they wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you really blame Emmett too much? He he couldn't have known. I don't think he could have known the outcome. Yeah, really. No, and again, he said that's the thing. Like. You know, I did some stupid shit when I was 17. Sure. Everyone, I think, when they're young, makes mistakes in relationships and families and, and you know, because you're not, you're not fully baked. Like, yeah. you think you're grown when you're 16. You think you're grown when you're 18. <laughs> you think you're grown when you're 21. You think you're grown when you're 25. You start really being grown in your 30s. But you but just, then you still look back. You still look I, like, back I'm going to be, be like, 75 looking back to when I was 60 and sure, say, I knew nothing. Sure. You know, I don't know if it ever like that's a, that's a good question. I should ask my dad. Does, does there ever been a time in your life where you just felt like you you, you 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 achieved mastery? And then looking back on it, would you still say the same? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't. It's it's hard to judge. I understand why he's so guilty and feels bad. And and you know, here's the the real villain is Ray and Emmett's dad. The tennis star. Like it, yeah. it's, it, it sounds like he needed to have a fucking better will and mm-hmm. someone Shorter that socks. is actually a, a, actually what? Shorter socks. <laughs> Rubbed all the hair off his legs. Yeah. Sorry, I worry about that too because I'm starting to get a little early stage old man thin ankles. Like, and I don't like. <laughs> bald, I, this, like, I very rarely wear socks in the the uh-huh. the summer. But you know what? What I, I've doubled down on those damn. Uh, 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 merino wool socks in the winter. Mm, see, that's going to rub. Are, that's those things are almost em. up to my knees, and I fucking love them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just going to lose all your leg hairs. So good to keep me so warm and toasty. <laughs> but you're talking about the will. He should have had a better. Yeah, will. he should have had a will and a better executor make, because make he, there no decision. The, the fifteen, like like what should have happened is all these things were like liquidated for fair cash value and then divided equally amongst the brothers. Yeah, I mean that's an option. Or if you want to give them a thing. You know, give one the stamps, give one the car, and then mm. they can resent you after you're dead. You know, like, well, see, I didn't. I think that's what it was, as opposed to resenting the image each other. Said that I was that that Ray was supposed to get the stamps, and I was given the car, and what seventeen or and but he. That's why I think he bears some blame here, is because it seems like he did steal Ray's birthright. <laughs> Yeah, and because because the other thing I got I in my mind is that Ray, that Emmett was a popular kid at school, sure, and smart and attractive and athletic, and Ray was the Danny DeVito to his Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins, totally. And he was calculating enough that he wanted the stamps because he knew they were worth more. And also, mm-hmm. I've never had a time, I've never had trouble making time with a girl, and I've you know, so I'm just going to take advantage of my awkward pudgy brother so i mean this is this is the thing like how much of their character informs the rest of their life and how much is it just this one decision right like Mm. emmett clearly is a guy who knew that the stamp collection if if he knew this he knew that stamp collection was worth more than this car right what kid ever thinks that kids see a fucking flashy car or a stamp collection they go for the car every time so who is emmett at 
age 17, I right? I, I feel because I've always been a little bit like an old man in those ways that I always kind of calculated the cost. I, I, I feel but like when you're 17 and someone says you can have a Corvette or a stamp collection, or a stamp collection valued at a quarter million dollars, I take the stamp collection. Only if you know time. it's a quarter million dollars. We're not sure that Emmett knew that. As a 17 year old, I would go to a what is not a numerologist, it's a, <laughs> a numerologist. No, numerologist is a <laughs> this person is into coin collecting or is a numerist, uh, numiz. Numismatist or something? Is that what it is? That's even more ridiculous than numerologist. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I I do feel like I. Yeah, because I was also never a cool kid. So I was. Uh, uh, I call bullshit on the whole thing. ah, You you take the Corvette. Uh, (laughs) Would I? I don't know. know. Uh, But certainly it's it's a harder sell, I think, to a kid for a stamp collection. But yeah, like I said, the the real villain is the dad that dropped dead in the the driveway. Should have had a better will and better executor and a better, you know, you know, better procedure for these kids. Or a better car. Like what if it was a Bentley versus stamp collection? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dad. Uh, I still think a a couple Minnesota winners would take its uh, toll on that thing. (laughs) Probably. Uh, What else we want to talk about? Can we talk about how awesome the wrench and Nikki axis yes. is. Yes. Like I thought their heist of the semi was badass. Bad and brilliant too. And I'm not sure why they didn't use a live grenade. Cuz then how are they going to drive the truck out of there? Like they want they want a little privacy True. with that truck, right? True. The cops are going to show up if you set off a grenade right, in the right. street. And like, well, I think the cops show up you hose down the thing uh, uh, another vehicle with automatic weapons fire, but But you uh, can leave if you got the yeah, truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's so. what it seems like uh, but that's the thing. Like, I'm not sure. He, so obviously, he wanted to disable the vehicle. I am. It is weird that he didn't kill more people. I'm surprised he was. People were suggesting that he intentionally didn't kill anyone, and I don't it know that like you he can was, say he that was when trying somebody to t- disabled the engine block. Right, but when somebody just goes full auto, yeah, I don't know that you can ever say they're intentionally avoiding killing people unless it's arnold schwarzenegger and he's a terminator terminator 2 right then i believe he's okay he can do, yeah he can do that but yeah if you right. can literally control all of the recoil uh, maybe it's because he didn't want to drop a body because that would make it more a hot button issue yeah um although i don't these people don't seem like something to report an incident to the police sure uh so j- just real briefly because i don't want to uh, you know we can talk about the scene uh later on um but the part that i want to talk about the hotel scene Mm-hmm. Is Mr. Wrench gets to drop on on Mimo, yeah. And does he does 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 Mimo walk out of that hotel room alive? I say no. I say Wrench murders that fucker and drops him in the bathtub. It depends on when you think that scene is happening. Because if it's happening bef- if if it's happening sequentially as the episode shows it, then Mimo's got to be alive because he picks up uh, Emmett at the police station. So. Oh, shit, if, you're right. If you think that, okay, maybe they're playing around with the timeline a little bit, then certainly Mimo could be dead. Man, why would you leave? Because that's the thing. Like, and I also don't understand Nikki's game because it seems like it, she she doesn't give a shit. She, she, she surely doesn't give a shit about the money. This is something else. This is something Sticking she's... Sticking it to Varga, yeah. Yeah, because whatever Varga did, he's still going to get the IRS stuff, or that that that, that incriminating information is still going to get dropped off at the IRS. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like she's in full avenging angel from God mode here, and I'm not sure what her and Mr. Rich's plans are, but I thought that was a miscalculation that she walks... Like, like she lets Varga completely disrespect the terms and the spirit of the deal... 
she reveals the extra piece on the board, so that's only going to work once. And then they don't even yeah. take one of his best pieces off the board, Mimo. Yeah. And then they don't care about the money. But like, I feel like that's all intentional. This is a it's wheel almost a within a wheel. That, right. But do, do you, now, from do the you, IRS angle. Yeah. Do you buy that that Var that that Nikki and Wrench can outfight Varga? That's a little bit stretching my credibility. What do you mean, strategically or like yeah. physically? No, I mean, I mean, yeah, strategically. Take strategically. Could, okay, uh, you know, I really like the the dialogue they have about the bridge tournament. I think, like when Varga says, uh, "Let me guess, that bridge tournament was amateur," and she says "semi professional," and then Wrench puts the gun to Mimo's head. I thought that was fucking awesome. Dude, the Great di- dialogue and, matching and, with the and, action. And the fact that like it was like a dance, like yeah. who had the upper hand in that argument kept on going back and yeah. forth, which I thought was really, really smart and really cool. So I think that Nikki, she doesn't have much experience in this, but she has a natural talent for it. And she, she is very good at the strategy of this. And combined with the muscle of Wrench, I think, yeah, she does have a chance. Hmm. I mean, I... I think they are selling it, and I'm buying it, but it's yeah. it's a near-run thing, and I don't know. It's kind of like uh, we always joked about Glenn being – they always refer to he, he's a strategic master in The Walking Dead because, you know, he's he's really good at uh, – Yeah, uh, he delivers pizzas. He's really good at StarCraft. Right. Um, like – does the bridge tactical like like would a would a chess master be really good at warfare? I don't know. Like like mastery of one particular system of odds and probability does that lend itself to another? I mean, I know I think principles I've seen, might carry over. I've seen like poker world champions transition to magic to get or vice yeah. versa. Magic to gathering champions transition to poker and clean house. Yep. I've heard of people who are good at like counting cards and doing these games of chance taking that analysis into the stock market and cleaning house, Mm -hmm. but going from like, but then to say one of those guys, then you find out that there's one of these kids from Stanford at counted cards (laughs) was a successful warlord in Africa. Uh That would raise my (laughs) eyebrows. Like, huh? Sure. I didn't think that those skills could, could apply, you know? Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, everybody talks about, oh, Sun Tzu's art of war and like right. how that applies to basically everything that's ever existed. Right. Or or at least people are trying to force it into that mold. I I don't know. I think to to some degree, like principles of strategy do do carry over because, A, being able to read somebody I think is a super valuable skill. Um, just, to, just to even be able to tell when they're lying to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that to me seems like super useful. And that's something that I think Nikki – you know, in her bridge career and, and before that even, you know, bridge is almost just an extension of who Nikki is. It's not like bridge is her life. Um, I think she is that kind of person. She just has this sort of sixth sense for, you know, strategy and, and understanding people. Do we need to know more about Nikki? Cause I do find myself in the margins when I'm not distracted by how awesome it all is. Um, mm-hmm. How did this person get to be so good at bridge? Yeah, that's a real good question. Like, like did she like p- learn at the foot of her grandmother in her her pink her red hat ladies bridge club? Like, what 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 the hell? How did this con get to be so good at bridge? And then, I I, I, I like what is her what is her backstory? Like, that, yeah. what's what's awesome about them using wrench 
is that they don't have to explain why he's such a badass. Right. Like, we right. already knew it. And that's like, I, I feel like that is a stroke of genius to bring him out into this and, and, and reveal this piece at the at this late game because he needs no introduction. Yep. He needs no complex backstory. They need Ray Wise to say something about him being cosmically judged and on a better path. And like, yeah, uh-huh. okay, of course. Of course. He was born to be Nikki's muscle. Yep. But Nikki. I mean, it's a test of, testament to Mary uh, Elizabeth Winstead's acting that I don't actually, like, hold the fucking phone on right. this. I just accept it, that she's... And they, they've had little moments where they've always shown her as being a little bit more on the ball and on the come than, like, Ray. Mm-hmm. About, like, hey, we can't just... We gotta be more strategic about this. And, and um, like, she's always got the wheels. Like, even the, her counting the steps, even though that didn't work, the fact that she thought to do that said a lot about her personality and her her appreciation of tactics and strategy. I don't know, it's working. Mm-hmm. It it's 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 crazy that it's working, but it it is working. Yeah. Uh along the lines of this sort of investigation of of Varga that's probably about to take place. You know, the IRS mm-hmm. has the info they need to to start that investigation. Um it seemed to me that, you know, even after this conversation with Goldfarb and catching the quote-unquote killer, um, catch, essentially catching the patsy. G- Gloria is not leaving that conversation with Goldfarb resigned to her fate, essentially. She is still actively questioning the facts of the case, right? The question that she asks Goldfarb as she leaves her office is one of the discrepancy of the timeline with the arrival of Cy and Emmett at that restaurant. Like, how long was it, did you say, like, mm-hmm. the, between when Cy arrived and Emmett arrived? <laughs> and Five minutes, 30 minutes? Them? That was... Yeah, so it seems like she is still going to be on this case in the final episode, but w- with one episode left, can she crack this thing? I mean, how does she unravel I mean, I Varga's empire? She does know all... She knows all the right questions to ask. She does, yeah. And and I wouldn't surprise me if next episode's an hour and 40 minutes long, by the way. Maybe it, so. Because it feels like it's got to be an Oreo-style, double-stuffed episode to resolve. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Holly's been more elegant and straightforward uh, than you'd think sometimes. Um, speaking of Gloria and Goldfarb, mm-hmm. who won that scene? Uh, from from what angle? Any, like, just, just whatever angle you want to talk about. Which character has the upper hand going out, or which actress performed better? Or... Uh, no, let's talk uh, from a character base. Uh, I mean, I think I think Gloria wins that scene. You know, she wow. despite being thrown this huge curveball um, and being ordered to let Emmett go and all this stuff. I I mean, she got some little discrepancy out of Goldfarb. I don't even know what she was really there to get from her i i thought goldfarb won i felt like that um, i don't know if there's anything to win and i'm not sure what you mean honestly. i mean like, like like so so gloria is on a fishing expedition and okay. goldfarb doesn't want to be fished mm-hmm. and i felt like that um gloria really overplayed her hand and tried to be a little bit too cute and folksy and goldfarb wasn't having any of it like her yanking her chain twice on the whole it's an expression thing was mm-hmm. great also this is the first time i've liked mary mcdowell in anything yeah. didn't like her with stands with bald fists didn't like her as president rosalind i, I really liked this goldfarb character and mm-hmm. i also think that she is really deeply connected to the shenanigans between the stussies and the the varga 
that we that has not been revealed yet. And I also and I could be wrong because if I'm right, it's super ballsy to bury that lead this far into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I I felt like that she she kicked Gloria's ass. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what that means in this context. I mean, I she, no she Gloria got nothing from her. She stayed cool, right. calm, and collective. She, like the even when she came in, it's like I was very specific with but the deputy three have... months ago. You know how to mi- like that's that's exactly how you play that, right? I just don't know what information she could have pulled out of Goldfarb that would have quote she unquote got, won she that got scene her flustered. For her. I mean, the but, fact, but to reveal what. To reveal what she doesn't know anything. Goldfarb, as far as we know, is an outside party. Well, with I, no interest. Okay, so in I this guess case. I'm, I guess I'm I'm granting that there is some uh, there's a deeper connection. I'm not saying oh, that okay. like her and Gold her and Varga are working together. Or she knows anything about Varga, but she's hmm. a little bit more on the ball. And like the fact that she instantly backed uh, Sai and Emmett's story, like that's interesting. But she didn't when she was first interviewed, right? Like she said, it was thirty minutes in her deposition, right? Um, and she said five minutes. This now time. she's saying five. Who knows? You know, is that just her memory playing tricks on her, as she says, or is that some kind of outside influence from mm. maybe Varga? Who knows? Mm. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what information she has to give up that okay. might help Gloria. But I, like I said, I, I was primed to the because I've never ever liked the character this woman was portrayed, and yeah. I find myself really liking Goldfarb. I even like the the costume and outfit and that like weird kind of like <laughs> fur lined uh-huh. tarp she was wearing. I thought that stuff was, was, was super cool. So next episode is 53 minutes long, not a, a big wow. blockbuster extended boy. Episode. I don't know. I mean this, that's uh they can wrap that all up and, and, and uh, bring out the heart and uh, have it be satisfying. It's going to be a really good season of Argo. I mean, w- l- let me gauge your temperature on, First of all, oh, I'm running do, hot. I'm running, <laughs> I'm running. I'm running. I'm running hot. Watch out! You'll drop dead in running, your driveway. I'm running mid far mid mid March Fargo hot here. <laughs> Got my sprinklers on. Do <laughs> cannot be cooled down. Do you think that Varga will be defeated in in whatever way by the end of this season? Yes, because okay. every other right. every other Fargo evil element has been defeated. Then what what do you like where do you stand on what the angle will be? Will it be Gloria? Will it be the IRS? Will it be Nikki and Wrench? What, what it, are your thoughts on that? I right mean, now? it feels like thematically it has to be Gloria or else Right. That But she I mean, seems the farthest away from it. Uh, honestly. The, the, like, so the other thing I could say about that is I could maybe begrudge it's a bit of a brilliant move to like cast Carrie Coon. And then not use her. And then, like, it's mis- it's a ma- it's a magician misdirect, right? right? Right. Like, like, look at this thing I've got going on the hands by the by, and I'm yeah. picking your pocket. So, like, it's it's going to be. It's like if Daniel Day Lewis played the doofus deputy. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd be expecting great things from him, and then nope. Right. Right. Like, like you've got these, and and if you've got an actor who's willing to do it, like you've got Shea Wiggum who's r- br- going to bring all the Shea Wiggum character to like. Fucking Mo Damick, <laughs> right? Then, then why not have Carrie Coon cast? And then you know there could be, like, if, if she's just like the thematic structural bones, like that's a criminal underuse of Carrie Coon. But it is kind of brilliant if it if it does pull off that it's a misdirect and she. But and also that would that would backdoor into like the burn after reading mm, uh, yeah. where. She and her dumbass, the deputy doofus, is, and and are sitting there in the co- in the 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 storage closet. Like, gee whiz, what did we learn about? Like a Fargo version of that scene. I could yeah. see 
where she didn't learn anything about herself. She's got, I mean, uh, I, the, her arc is that she's got friendship. She's got a genuine adult friend, uh-huh. and her and her son are on a positive trajectory, and she's going to be okay. Yeah. It still, again, seems like a criminal misuse of Carrie Coon, but... I kind of think you're right, because she does, at this point, feel the farthest away from solving, or from bringing down Varga, right? Like, the IRS is very close now. Well, and also, if her Nikki superpower... Is very close. If her superpower is that she is immune to technology, well, the power of love fucked that up, so... <laughs> right. Or the power of like. Yeah, she should have postponed that hug for, like, one more episode. Um, Maybe get that at the end after you catch Varga. I saw some buzz on... Uh, Fargate 5, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Fargo TV, the Fargo subreddit. There's a romantic inclination between Winnie and and uh, mm. uh, Gloria. Not, not feeling that. Me either. No. I, I I think they're two two friends. I mean, I can see know? the fanfic angle of that. Sure, yeah. but like, no, like There's I, a I certain don't appeal to it. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, and and also, I guess if you really squint and like, well. Is that some kind of symmetry that the fact that her husband declares that he's gay after all these years of marriage and then Winnie pulls that on her husband even though they're trying to have a baby and like but I know nah. I, I feel like this is just this is just uh they got the bond of the uniform and she likes her. Yeah. Like who wouldn't? Who wouldn't like Gloria? Yeah, I feel like this is the 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 internet filling in the blanks where they want there to be blanks. Yeah. But there aren't actually blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I thought yeah. I thought it was just I, I thought it was sweet and a, a testament to the power of, of friendship, the yeah. power of like, as I said. For sure. Uh, what else we want to talk about? Uh, do, oh, man, Mo, Jesus Christ, Mo with his amateur psychology, oh, with right. his Donald Wu character, like, oh, I, I, he's insufferable. He is so goddamn insufferable. He is, yeah. And then he, the gap between how smart he thinks he is and capable he thinks he is, and how smart and capable he actually is. <laughs> Is like the Grand Canyon, and not even Evil Knievel could jump it. Yeah, it's, it's just no, no. <laughs> yeah, and then he orders Gloria to release Emmett because they found their guy, and you know Emmett and Gloria have another really good scene there, especially Gloria. Um, you, that's it, that's the thing he knows. He knows that there's more to confess. He can confess about Varga. He's, he's just unwilling to do it. You know. I mean. Do you buy that Varga has such a hold and such a terror over Emmett that he could not re- he he couldn't literally couldn't open his mouth to to, to 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 do anything to help Gloria out? I think that hold is hanging by a thread at this point. I I think one more thing pushes Emmett over the edge where he just reveals it all because but what could because like he just found out that like that two other dish I thought that Varga was going to overplay his hand and like two more Stussies die. To cover up this thing, yeah, and he has that line about like people dying because they have my name. Yeah, like I he thought that was, but it. but then I mean, there's a lot of powerful tricks that uh, Holly is using here. The superimposed Varga golem mouth o- o- over Emmett's horrified face, I felt mm, like right. made me emotionally buy it. Where intellectually, I'm like, come on. What yeah, you, I mean, he doesn't quite were, want to risk blowing up Varga's spot and getting killed. And we already talked about last week how he has nothing left. His best friend is on death's door. His wife right. has left him and has no interest in coming back, which is kind of mind-blowing. Uh, so I, I think he doesn't want to die. <laughs> That's the biggest scary part, right, is that Varga could kill him. Or worse, um, like, or you know, a guy like you know, Varga put him in a could, coma could, really, could really go to work on you. Right. So I, I think what he's doing is trying to take his own piece off the board. You know, he's trying to get arrested, sent to prison where he no longer has to deal with that. 
Yeah. But but without the risk of like I said, blowing up Argus spot the, yeah. and being killed or tortured forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's interesting. And I, I think he also wants to, you know, release a little bit of the guilt he feels about tricking and killing his brother. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of a a big thing at play here. Uh so Mo isn't entirely wrong, I think, about why Emmett comes in, but he's clearly wrong about the case. Mm-hmm. Um Mimo's smile to Gloria. That's the thing. Like, if Gloria does break this open, it's because of shit like that. Yeah. Like, they can't just come and pick Emmett up. They gotta, like, twist the knife. Like, yep. Varga can't just play the background goon in the organization. He's gotta showboat a little bit and be dis- dismissive and disrespectful of her and Winnie. Like, that's where I feel like. Even though I just said all the stuff about, like, you know, Carrie Coon maybe being a I do feel like this is more central because that made it personal. In and a if way, your, yeah. If your story was that, you know, Glory's just going to be bewildered by all these things happening to her and not learn anything, maybe Moe's going to be the one that, that has that speech with his deputies. Like, what the hell do we, you know? Could be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing, I guess, against the burn after reading is that Gloria has a story that actually does make sense. Mm-hmm. It's mistaken identity, but once you once you figure out that one one initial mistaken identity, everything else makes absolute sense. Where burn after reading it really was a clusterfuck of hmm. crazy bullshit. Yeah, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about that scene. First of all, which wh- scene are we talking about? Uh, where Emmett leaves the police station and Mimo and Varga are waiting for him in the car. Uh, first of all, what's the dollar amount that? would have you decide I no longer want to open my own car doors because <laughs> I have never understood that. Like Goldfarb in this episode has a door open for her by her I don't valet. Know. Like, I do feel like that. I just don't think I would ever get there. Like it's opening a fucking door. It's a human thing. Why? Um, I'm not going to pay somebody to open a door for you, me. You don't, pay, you don't pay someone to open a door. You oh, you pay for a valet. You pay for right, a Batman. That's part of the you service. Pay for but, a butler. I, and that's I just, just don't want to wait for you to go around the car and open my door, and then I get out. I like, right, but if I have mu- like, but if time. you have a butler, like I don't need my suits brushed, and, mm-hmm. and like, I don't need you to put my coat on me. But but like if he's like, but you know what I'm saying? Like if 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 they're around, brush I guess brush out my coat and shine my shoes. You know, like it, oh with, sure with, yeah, with, like like if you hire a driver stuff, yeah. or a butler or something like that, do you just want the five hours of the like core butler stuff, or do you want him to fill up his week with like you know other, I, I I don't know because I've always thought like that would be that would be a huge quality of life deal like having a driver would be oh totally yeah. not not so much now because I have such a small commute but like the times when I was driving forty five minutes to an hour both you know both ways for work it's like. You know, having a having a chauffeur would be a massive advantage. Sure, no, I, <laughs> and, and if I got a chauffeur, around, then hell cool. yeah, open my door. Yeah, because that frees up my time. But I'm actually wasting time waiting for you to walk around the car to open. Well, that's you got door. a shitty chauffeur. He should he should be he should open the door as you're arriving. <laughs> Don't they have automatic doors for that? Can't I like have a <laughs> well, minivan thing, like, that opens for me? Like <laughs> you know, having self driving cars is going to destroy my chauffeur dream. That's true. That's you know? true. What, you know. Wait till the automatic butler. Then, yeah. Then you're really out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I butler. <laughs> uh, oh, the other thing I want to talk about is Varga's line where he says the problem is not that there is evil, but there, there is good because otherwise who would care? Yeah. Uh, I think this is stupid because it works exactly the same way the other way around. I think the problem is not good, but it is evil because otherwise who would care? 
Well, if everybody that's... was good and there was no evil, no one would care that there wasn't any evil. Uh, I guess, but that feels like it's more trite. It sounds to me like someone making excuses for their evil actions. Hmm. I mean, yeah, but but I mean, the, the, but there is a little bit. There is a little like if I'm if I'm a if I'm a predatory human, I can see a little lament to that because. 500 you know before humanity got conscious no one gave a shit right of course like yeah. fucking killer whales don't give a shit about the penguins and seals they torture to death just because sure like they like it, it not only they don't care it doesn't even occur to them like mm-hmm. that thought doesn't that the fact that that's another being that has some form of consciousness that's scared and tormenting that's not even in their head Sure. And somehow in the last million years, that has gotten in our head, and that's kind of absurd. Yeah, but... It's allowed it, like, us to build skyscrapers and go to the moon and solve so many sicknesses. Think and, about it from the other side, though. If you're the whale um, and you have the, the capabilities that the humans have, let's, let's say you're a person, mm-hmm. not a whale. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll <laughs> go with you. All right, are you a person? Yes, check. <laughs> uh, if... Everyone is good, and people don't think, oh, man, uh, no one would care if I did this bad thing, if everyone were doing bad things, because that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Then no one would do bad things, and everyone would do good things. Like, instead of, you know, worrying, you know, about, oh, man, should I really eat this cow? You know, should I kill it? What was the ethical way to do it? We would just be doing the things right. We would be doing the good things all the mm-hmm. time. You know, everyone would be a vegetarian or mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. vegan, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, like, to me, it's, it just seems like making excuses. Hmm. Doesn't that what we all bad do? people making excuses for bad actions? Isn't that what we all do? Though? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I feel like there's a couple of years ago, I had this thought that like, there's not a single. We, we all say we hate hypoc- hypocrites and like, oh, what a hypocrite! But like, everyone's a hypocrite about something. There's yeah. not, there's not a single person breathing air in this world that's not a hypocrite about something. Yeah, like to be human is to be hypocritical, right? But and the part of that, that is our aspirational nature, right? We want totally. to be better, yeah. but we're also imperfect. So that gap between what we espouse to be and what we try to be and what we are is the hypocrisy inherent ever. Right. Our flesh and blood existence. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, the first lie territory, right? If yeah. nobody can tell a lie and, oh, there's one person who tells the lie. Massive then advantage. That evil becomes yeah. you know, evil, whereas there was only good before. Right, right. So, All right. Well, there's no, your no. philosophy 101 for your Fargo podcast. Yep. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I think. What I'm, is what is making a Moscow mule ornery? I think it's more more. Whiskey? Is that what's in the Moscow Mule? I mean, that's that's, that's, that's really te- that's really telling the bartender to freestyle. Is that like make it a double, or does that make it like twice as much booze? Or I, I think it's up to the bartender. Hmm. <laughs> that's my guess. I guess that's true. Uh, speaking of that scene, I thought maybe I'm spoiled because of leftovers, but this hug I thought was filmed in a surprisingly emotionless way. I, I expected a little bit more of a spark there. Here's what you do. You take that scene, you throw Max Richter's piano <laughs> score underneath <laughs> right. it and see what it does for you. Right? I can't help but be <laughs> spoiled by the leftovers because, well, man. Because I think, well, I mean, this might be Holly's um, 
Because it does seem like he had the camera on lock in that scene. Yeah, from from a distance, too. I wanted to be closer. I wanted to be more intimate on that, that feel... almost in the hug, you know? But on the other hand, does that feel kind of like a Midwestern emotional? Yeah, like, totally. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, So it's like, I agree, but I wonder how much of that wasn't like really well thought out. Stylistically, like, we just wanted to be a little emotionally distant, and like, even how long should Gloria go before she returns the hug, and how she'd return the hug, and yeah. when you're like, I feel. I, I, I feel you, but I also I also think that that was uh, part of the thing that they were going for. Yep. Uh, and that's it. I mean, I think you know Vargas fucked the IRS has him dead to rights. But I guess the question is, can they catch him? How yeah, would they even gonna, catch him? What's going to What's going to be his undoing fast? And then that's the thing is like, so if if Nikki and Wrench have the have this mission from God. Mm-hmm. And they're going to eventually kill him or bring him low. Like, what? Where does the IRS fit in? That? What? Is what that... is more powerful, the cops, the IRS, or God, or or wrench, or wrench? <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I am, I am impressed that I'm going into the final hour of this fucking show, and I really don't have any any anything to expect. How about I don't have this? No expectations. How about this line from Winnie? Jesus wins in the end. Yeah. Uh, if you want to well, compare also, that to what the, also, the mission from God here. Also, I couldn't help but think when uh, Emmett says the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he doesn't exist, and that, right. how that exactly talks to or speaks to to Varga. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and like the other thing is like uh, the Wandering Jew wanted. Uh, um, I had this great theory that like what what Nikki's real target was going to be was Emmett. Because, you know, the, the, the Obadiah verse that the guy quoted was a judgment against the nation of Edom, and they'd already made this this elegant Jacob Esau comparison between Ray and Emmett, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and that felt wrong to me because, like, I felt like Emmett was a really nice guy and wouldn't, if, if VM Varga hadn't entered the picture. But I don't know. This this episode's kind of changed how I feel about Emmett, too. But but now bit, it doesn't yeah. feel like Emmett's going to be that that target of eagle, evil or that, that, that evil doer that's getting judgment cast upon him. It's certainly going to be Varga. And I don't... Yeah. I don't know. It kind of retrospectively wrecks the symbolism I thought they were going for. Hmm. But I don't yeah, know. I'm not going to die. Always... die on that Edom-shaped hill. And we always talk about, like, especially in The Leftovers, when they make these references, these biblical uh, allegories, essentially, they're not going beat for beat yeah. with a single character, right? Like, some things will apply to this character, some might apply to others, or not at all. Sometimes the stuff is artificial Satan flavor rather yeah. than genuine. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's the it's the stevia version of the devil. Hey, I want to tell you about uh, club.baldmove.com. Uh, it's a way that you can support uh, Bald Move, and we need your support, especially in these smaller shows like Fargo. Um, smaller, more intimate, more intimate yeah, shows. We get closer to the microphone. Yeah, we do. We have can a lot lights, closer. Candlelight podcast. We're actually yeah. in a bubble bath. <laughs> Nikki, <laughs> yeah, we Nikki are. and Ray style. Uh-huh. Uh, we're planning our next uh, pro semi professional bridge tournament. Uh, but you can go to club.baldmove.com. And for a little bit of uh, monthly cash to support the bald move, you get a bunch of stuff in return. Uh, all that stuff is outlined at that link. Uh, but the highlights are you get ad-free feeds, you get VIP access to the forum, and you get a bunch of bonus digital content that we only release for club members. One of the more popular features we do is something called Quip, Quit Your Pitching, where Jim and I use a tool that we randomly generate names for television shows or movie titles and then we pretend what a show would be about with that name and we do a pitch to each other we cast it do the whole ball of wax 
uh, we're putting for your exclusive pleasure uh, a, 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 a sample of the latest quip that we just did this week at the end of this episode. And I believe this is a Dame Furry. Yeah. Where we wonder what it would look like if James Duty, Judy Dinch, Duty Binch, <laughs> James Duty, Jesus Christ, I can't Duty Dinch. Dinch would to star in a in a, a show, I guess autobiographical because she's playing herself. She is. She uh, definitely if is. She, if she was a furry. Uh-huh. And what would what would the London royalty think about that? What would the what would the Englishmen and women think? Would it's... it would it would it open people's minds or would it slam them shut? Yeah. Coming soon to a theater not near you, Dame Furry. Theater of the Mind. It's theater about of the as Mind. As close as it gets. And if you like that, you can check out all the quips we've done. Uh, and there's been some memorable ones. And you can try it all out, best of all, for free for 30 days. Just sign up and you get a free month to try it out. Uh, check it out, club.baldmove.com, and enjoy our free preview of the quip. Uh, I got feedback. Okay. Uh, you can send feedback in to Fargo at baldmove.com. Uh, I also think we drunk a lot of milkshakes this episode, as sometimes happens, but we'll get into it. Uh, Matthew B., I didn't put this together until I heard you say it in your podcast. The second time you listen to your podcast twice. Hmm. Incredible. What a fan. Uh, when One, when the gophers are on, put a little beer in a bowl. Lecha, lech, lecha means go forth. Go forth, gopher. <laughs> okay. Is that the best feedback or the worst feedback? I honestly can't tell. There's there's a little of both in there. <laughs> I'm willing to I'm willing to go with it though. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like uh, did, 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 was that a criminal criminal misuse of Carrie Coon or <laughs> the skillful misdirection? Right. Only next episode will tell. But but good on you, Matthew. Matthew K. We've got a surfeit of math. Oh, my God. This is Matt on Matt. Yep. The next two guys are Matt's, too. <laughs> is, is the Maurice not dead glue theory uh, or glue killer theory dead? We didn't see Mimo kill the one uh, glued stussy in this episode, and the way the freezer door is left open is very suspicious. A detail present in Ennis' death that I doubt Mimo would know about to recreate. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, I just want to specifically say that Mimo has everything, knows everything about the crime scene that Gloria knows about because they stole those files. Right. So I, I mean, I thought it was implied that Mimo also did the gluing of this, oh, yeah. of this second guy. Oh, so, yeah. But the first, yeah. but like, did he do Ennis? That's where right. I feel like the theory is kind of, you know, not quite dead yet, but it's it's mouth and one nostril super glued shut. <laughs> uh-huh. If anything happens, that third, that second nostril, or God, <laughs> God help us, the third nostril. Yeah. The yeah. third nostril goes down, then, then, then it's, it's all over. Matt Smith, last week I was had an inkling that the bowling alley was just a bowling alley. Ray Wise was just an eccentric guy who read his Hebrew, uh, or knew his Hebrew. Yuri bled out sitting at the bar. Wrench and Swango were literally given a green Volkswagen and sent on their merry way. No, bur- no purgatory, no Ray as a kitten. Heck, Nikki may have just been playing along with the coincidences. While the interpretation go either way, I feel like this new episode validates my in- inkling. What do you guys think? Well, first you of all... You were chief among the bowling alley equals purgatory... Yeah. What? Ha- hashtag fuck any bartender who would let you just bleed out at their bar. <laughs> first of all, that's a real asshole thing to do. Yeah. Uh, second of all, yeah. This is I, a I think... rural Minnesota bowling alley. I feel like those people, you know. Think so? Yeah. Uh, he he didn't ask all, for a bandage, eh? Yeah. I, I mean, I just thought, you know, the language of the episode was saying, this is not a real place. This is, uh, you know, some kind of judgment zone. I definitely think... See that I guess this is why I I found that myself treating that episode like I do the leftovers as a whole, where I can simultaneously think that 
things are happening that are real and also metaphor mm-hmm. and and not real. Yeah. And maybe that's why I really enjoyed the left final leftovers episode so much because I can like if someone asked me was was Nora lying or telling the truth, I can be like both. I can I can analyze it from one to the other and I think it's that's that's what's so fun about it. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there is a real bowling alley with a real green car. But at some point a parallel dimension opened up where Ray Wise steps through and starts quoting Obadiah. Um, and there you go. And and yeah, maybe Yuri bleeds out. Like all those things could be literally true, but what, where, where God came into the picture was where, you know, the, 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 the Jews were mastered by the Cossack all, you know, gave him the, 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 the care bear scare mm-hmm. and, and, and killed him in his last moments. I don't know. Cause clearly like, you're not going to say, that Nikki and Wrench are dead. They're not ghosts, right? No, they're not ghosts. Okay. I mean, it's, unless uh, Varga is some kind of otherworldly entity as well, that, and he's able to see them. And I mean, I mean, if, that, if, they, if they if they evaporate into the mist, like <laughs> right. fucking those uh, the 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 dead men, the Aragorn ropes into the the last the Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, I I will have a problem with that. Yeah. That'll be your uh, UFO moment. Yeah. Fish NATO. So there you go. I haven't adequately I haven't adequately prepared for the punch yet, clearly. <laughs> um so I, I I feel like I don't need to and maybe this is me not, you know, learning to not worry and love the spirituality of the show, but I find no problem saying that the bowling alley is both real and allegorical. Mm-hmm. That these characters survived and got a car from it and also were divinely judged by God. And that Ray, you know, that Ray Wise was both there and not there. Um, and I, that's probably infuriating to people, but that's 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 how I'm rolling with the show. I mean, I'll throw, you know, a small wrench, which I don't even think will gum up the works. I don't know. Wrench seems like a pretty big guy. Uh, but we don't see that car in this episode at all. We actually see them driving a different car. Interesting. I don't know what that says or what that means or if it says anything, but hmm. it was there. Uh, Whitney writes in, I just don't understand Emmett. If you are the same man to turn yourself in and not take Vargas pills and visit your comatose friend and admit to hitting your dad on purpose uh, and tricking your brother, hitting your dad on purpose? Hitting your dad on purpose? That might be a typo because I don't – he didn't admit to – he admitted to – Killing your dad on purpose. The worst crime he admitted to was throwing a ball against the side of a house that he wasn't supposed to and hiding it. Right. Yeah, there's nothing about it that, 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 that he killed his dad. I feel like he just had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't you also beg Gloria for help and tell everything? And even if you feel like the power is greater than anyone can imagine, don't you just punch Gloria or do something that would land you in jail? Why didn't he say anything when he learned that the other two Stussies were murdered just so he could go, uh, so he could go free? Shouldn't he want to kill himself? I love this season, but now no one is doing what they should be doing. It doesn't make sense anymore. If Varga's operation is so great and far-reaching, why not cut your losses and find another small business dying to get a loan? He shouldn't live in that town anymore. And why didn't Wrench, Mr. Wrench, kill Nemo? That seems Does that seem right with his character? Or if they are angels, call the police on that room. Tie him up with a rifle and call the cops after shooting rounds off in the lobby. Anything. She's yeah, got a point. I've, so... <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm I'm both guilty of this and I tire of it. Um, <laughs> saying what characters should have done. You know, the the more shows I watch and the more I think about how people react to situations, there's never a should. There's just what that character did, essentially. Um, 
Now, maybe some things seem more logical, but how do you know they're thinking logically at the time? Um, what is their emotional state? Whatever their experience is, like I, I do think characters can how people act, react. To things I do think is characters so can act out of character, though, right? They can certainly, yeah. But, but the, I guess the great thing about Fargo being an anthology is it's very hard to say, oh, so and so wouldn't ever do this when our sample size is less than ten episodes. And I think you do have a stronger case when you say, okay, here's the character given the character's motivations, yes, character's goal, which I think here is to be sidelined from the company, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably more Emmett could have done in the moment to get arrested, yeah. to get sent to prison maybe. But I think, you know, there are also things about him that won't let him do those things, right? He didn't he didn't kill his brother so he could go to prison. He right. accidentally killed his brother, and he right. felt bad about it. And now he's trying to get sent to prison, I think. Um, I don't think he's going to stab Gloria in the neck with a piece he's, of glass he's, to go he's, to prison. Do you think he's so afraid of the guy trying to steal a sweater? That he just he'd rather he'd rather face Varga than than lose his cardigan. Maybe so. That was a weird scene, right? It was. It's a, just a joke. I That's guess. all they wanted to do with that scene. Yeah, they almost didn't need it, in my opinion. And like, what's to pay? Like, is the bur- like? Are we understanding the burly man's going to rape him? Yeah. In his mouth. No, I think he's been raped multiple times in that <laughs> second scene with him. Uh, first of all, it's not a very funny joke. Second of all, what? Yes, third of all, you laughed at it. So what? I'm not. La- I'm, I'm laughing at your version of <laughs> the, it. The, the inappropriate. Yeah, you yeah, yes. got raped multiple times. Um, not just by the big guy. Yeah. So that, I mean, yeah, I guess like you know, in, you know Varga might uh, rape his porcelain cup, but not his his uh, orifices. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, saying what a character should have done versus what they did, I. I've done it. I've done it many, many times. Sure. And I'm trying to do it less. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I do think we're justified a lot sometimes, though. Sometimes, yeah. If, then, if it's way out of character. And and I guess maybe the fact that this, that, like, he is, he's strong enough to, to resist the pills and do all these things you say, but then when Varga proves to be more powerful than the police and willing to kill two more innocent people just to get him out of this, that it's like there is a little bit of learned helplessness. That every single time Hib or Sai tries to, to resist this irresistible Varga force, mm-hmm. they get they get they get fucked. Yeah. Um and, and maybe there's just like I just there's no way. Like um, it'd be kind of like if you're, uh, you're a person and you're, you're getting beat by your spouse and you finally summon up the courage to leave them and you show up through the battered men or women's shelter and they're like at the counter, receptionist counter. Mm-hmm. Like, do you keep, at what point do you just like, fuck it? I, I don't even care anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't know, but I feel like, yeah. I feel like the, the crazy ass mouth super imposition just shows that Emmett is at that mental place. And if you think about it, the time where he would be most likely to have gone to the cops and blown up Varga mm-hmm. is right when it started, and he yeah. didn't. And, and I he feel like he, he should have. Yeah, um, that's that's something that you can you know. But I I do feel like that's that's at this point that's a character flaw that they've that they've more than earned with Emmett. Yeah, and I think now he definitely feels in too deep to ever extricate himself by just. You know, he's more afraid of Varga than he is than he has faith in the police to stop Varga. Yep. Barry C. says, I'm bigging up this theory you guys kindly read out on air last month that Gloria is competent but purposely written as completely useless. This week not only had a confession land right in her lap, but she also articulated how ineffective she felt. Had she actually greatly moved the plot along in any meaningful way? I would argue that she's been but an observer. 
she is a useless machine from episode three. That may change for the finale now that she can suddenly make taps work and whatnot, but I would argue that Nikki is the Molly or Lou of the season. What do you think? The Molly or Lou. I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like they both, you know, had a purpose and had some meaning in the overall mm-hmm. arc of the first two seasons. Um here it's a lot harder to point to what Gloria is going to contribute. Plus, what about you know? Marge from this movie of Fargo? Like, did she saw? I mean, I guess yeah, she caught she caught uh, what's his face. Yeah, but in her estimation, so many people died for so little money, and it's all senseless. Did she really make a difference? You know, I don't. I don't know. Like that. That yeah. might, that's kind of like the angsty thing that's that's baked in these Fargo things is that. Uh, at the end of the day, you can only punish the guilty and the wicked. You can't really do anything to stop them mm-hmm. or protect people. Um, like that's I guess the one through le- that, that's gone through all the different Fargos. Can you say the good triumphs when the best they can do is punish the wicked? Yeah, no, I I certainly don't think so. I mean, the line "Jesus wins" in the end is just. You know, it's something that people tell themselves so they don't feel bad about the futility of fighting all the evils in the world, yeah. right? Like, that's that's it's not realistic to think that you can stop all bad things from happening. Yeah. So you need some kind of comfort, and I guess if that's what brings you the comfort of knowing or hoping that there will be a judgment, some kind of, you know, karmic thing in the end, and, and, that can be comforting. And, and, and in general and in the long run, things do get better. I, I think so. Yeah, I believe that. You're not guaranteed to live through that particular time in your in, in, in your life. Um, you know, you could you could you could live through the fall of the Roman Empire and everything kind of goes to shit for a while, or you know, yeah, that's what was so confusing about that android parable, right? Is that the android seems to be fighting this feudal battle, but then at the end, the the future people sweep in and say everything is great. We can shut you down now. Yeah. Like, I, don't I don't know. know like there, there is something just on the tip of my tongue about how Gloria would fit into that, because because the thing is, yeah. is, Gloria has been right, and she has made correct observations that might eventually, you know, turn the tide of this investigation. And it would be interesting. So, so like, would it be satisfying for her to solve the case and then Mo fires her because he just can't stand her anymore? Right. Like that. Then she would be the ultimate useful machine. That's possible. I mean, then, we, we kind of just have to, you know, wait and see what the final episode holds because it could be that maybe she could transfer useless. to St. Cloud and her and Winnie can be, uh, you know, Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Yeah. They can go do their buddy cop thing. I would be in for I I'm honestly I like I I could really go for a spinoff with yeah. Winnie and Gloria. I think they're fucking amazing. And they're very complimentary of each other. They're very they have uh they have a Watson Holmes kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. They have uh, a Kirk Spock. Like they 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 they, they, da- they have a really nice but nice chemistry. Like Winnie's irrepressible, um, but maybe not as sharp. But not 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 like criminally. So it's not like Watson's oh, no. a dumbass. It's just that Sherlock no. is a, a per- exceptionally perceptive. Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't know. They they've they've got they got they got a good interplay. They, mm-hmm. they, they, kudos to you, Holly, for putting that together. Uh, Trent T might not mean anything, but I recall in the first season that Margot Mob was tied to Sam Huss trucking. In this season, Varga operates out of a semi. Uh, also, is there any chance that old gal Goldfarb being from St. Louis mean anything? Considering the Kansas City mob in season two, 
Hmm. I want to blow everyone's mind because I'd forgotten that they made all this point. But Hanzi is literally the leader of the Fargo mob from season one. He does change. He does cut his hair. He does become a businessman, and he becomes the leader of the Fargo Mafia, which Wrench and Numbers work for. (laughs) So it would be kind of, and they don't even have to put this, they don't really have to put a point on this particular pencil, but I think it would be very satisfying that, yes, this is is like some kind of generational feud that's gone on between Kansas City and Fargo for for this entire entire anthology of television. Let's get my mind uh, churning with ideas on who Goldfarb, what Goldfarb's relation to this whole plot could be. Uh, you know, if... So it, Varga keeps claiming that he works for this narwhal company, right? Which uh, is a lie. Which... We think it's a lie. I mean, Nikki calls that's it true. as a lie, and he, he says, he, "Oh, he very perceptive." That, that's what he would do, wouldn't he? Right, right. So perhaps he is working for a company, and I, this is just pure speculation here. But if Goldfarb, you know, sent him in to build this company up bigger and then catch it for a very low price to become the parking lot queen. That could track. It seems like she she's would want, way in deeper. She, she would want to play, play a Riverdale and, and, and pay him to come in there and fuck up the – not pump it up, not to souffle it. You'd want to Yeah, but it. to get I, – I mean get it bigger so it's worth more but also get Emmett to the point where he's willing to sell it for anything. Oh, He just right. wants out. Right. Like maybe. <sighs> it's a long way, long way to go around the barn on that. But. It is for sure. Um, maybe, maybe, but I do, I do think that there is, there is something to this and I don't know, like, again, I don't know if it'll be like one of those things where if you're a casual fan, you'd only figure out if you went to the Fargo wiki Mm -hmm. or it's going to be a little bit more on the nose, but I do think that it's right to say that like, you know, Wrench is associated with the mafia that is ran by Hanzi. Hanzi yeah. res- Hanzi discovered Wrench in numbers. Wrench is now this avenging angel character against at least Varga. And if Varga is working for with um, with Goldfarb, then that's that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Noel A. As we've seen throughout the season, Mimo isn't always dancing around when he's wearing his headphones. Sometimes he's just standing there or lying around. Podcast. He's listening to podcast. Let's assume that during those times, Mimo's listening to a podcast. Let's <laughs> okay. also assume it's a Bald Move podcast. Oh, jeez. Which Bald Move podcast is Mimo most likely listening to? The only option not on the table is this podcast. Crap. Fargo podcast. Because yeah. that would too, that'd be too fucking meta. It would be. I have. A, I immediately had an idea uh, for a podcast, a bald move podcast that you'd listen to. Did you? Okay. Um, I would. I would go with bald move TV. Hmm. Why? I think he. It's really interested in who wins. Pure the variety. <laughs> well, he, yeah. I think he's. He also might be interested in who wins. Repetitive. The I think it's variety. You know, he wants to. He's got a lot of downtime. He can't uh-huh. always be breaking knees and bashing heads. I just can't get over the idea of Vargas saying this bald move network wouldn't. It sounds more of an amateur affair, <laughs> right? Semi professional. <laughs> Semi professional. <Come> uh, <laughs> I feel like he'd be a fan of the True Detective podcast. True Detective. Okay. I feel like he'd yeah. really get 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 it on board with that uh, the, the the nihilism and the yeah. You know, I feel like that would be Yuri's good and or uh, Varga for that matter. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think he uh, True Detective seems most up his alley. What about like, uh, 
I just don't think he would go for any of the funnier podcasts because he doesn't seem to be having like a. He's really all about Orange is the New Black. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, he loves what the those those adorable women what they get up to in their prison. Hmm. I was gonna go with X Files, but I think we clowned on that show too much. <laughs> Mimo would be a, an unapologetic uh, uh, X Files fan. Yeah, I don't think he'd listen to our sh- our podcast about it. <laughs> he. Unless he's, like, making a plan to visit us and kill us. Oh, my God, another Matt. Matt, the accountant. Had to start using their titles to keep him uh, separated apart. <laughs> Do you think Var- Varga would have actually given Nikki a real job? Was that his plan A? Having a cunning, sly, tough, attractive woman on Varga's team would definitely have been a good move in the chance that she was interested. Nah. I think it was too big a risk that she becomes a mole on the inside, you know? How does he recruit people? That's a good question. <laughs> I guess he goes to, uh, I don't know, hell holes in the world. He goes to the Cossacks yeah, and the yeah. like. The the damaged. Is, and the... is he like a dark version of Han? Like Hansi's already a pretty dark version of himself, but is he like mm-hmm. where he just goes to some schoolyard and rescues two guys, getting uh, gets them when they're kids and makes them yeah. completely uh, reliant on him? Probably, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think you're right. Nikki would be a really good associate of his. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think the, the only problem is the smarter, the more smart that she, the smarter that she demonstrated herself to be, you'd think the less he would dangle the job offer in front of her face because like that's I, I'm with you. As soon as he said I want to make you a job offer, I'm like yeah right yeah yeah right. When when An my, offer I can't refuse. My employee orientation will be slid through the, a hole in a frozen lake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to the company. Uh. Um, okay, let's get to another one. Um, Kyle C., considering The Leftovers became just became my favorite show, as I'm sure it did you guys, I have to assume that you two also made the connection to Nora's healing hug with Double Deputy Chin. With Deputy Double Chin, okay. And the very chin. similar healing hug with Holy Wayne. Is he saying Winnie's got a double chin? I'd, I'd say no chin. If I'm going to go criticize the woman's chin, yeah. it's more of a no chin it's than a, a negative double chin. chin. Yeah. And that causes necessary, you know, when you're purposely like pulling your head back yeah. and when in you toward so, your you, chest. You always perpetually look like you just got sh- surprised by what someone told you. <laughs> right. You're going to have some folds, but yeah. Yeah, give her some credit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting, Holy Wayne more or less turned out to be a farce, suggested by Tommy taking up the mantle, Lily being a girl, etc. Lon Fargo is the automated sink working proof that she is healed, or rather her identity of sanity restored. Yeah, I think it's proof that something changed. Yeah. Winnie's you know? more authentic than Holy Wayne. I'd buy that. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy never believed in what he was doing. Now, it also wouldn't blow me away if Holly wrote wrote this in as a as – as a, um, as a, because he's got to be aware of Carrie Coon's work. Sure. And if you – he's got to be aware of the leftovers, and that was one of the signature scenes from the first season of Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Carrie getting hugged by Wayne, so – or Nora, rather. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it seems like this auteur television is getting a bit incestuous where they are. And, and some of it's accidental, like, you know, the where is my mind stuff that went on between Mr. Robot and Leftovers entirely accidental. Yeah. Uh, everything I read from Damon Lindelof says the uh, hilarious coincidence that Carrie Coon played two characters at the same fucking time in television that both had some kind of aversion to technology, technology not working that was completely accidental, but mm. I don't know. This feel, this this felt like it could be uh, intentional. Who knows? Who makes it out of this season alive? We got one episode to go. 
is specifically does Im, does Emmett live, and and what are your odds? What what, what how sure are you of the answer? Because I'm kind of fifty fifty on him. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Karmically, think... he shit the bed, and he probably should die at this point. Yeah, like just the sheer amount of innocent stussies he's taken out of the world. Yeah. Um, how about Nikki? I think Nikki's actually sort of a lock to live at this point. I yes, but I'm like a seventy five percent because also okay. her dying as a martyr would sure yeah. uh, would make sense, and I could even see her like bleeding out in the car, and then right as she's losing consciousness, like the car like like bright white light enveloping, like so you know that she's like wink wink going to go to the good bowling alley in the sky. Uh-huh. Uh, wrench. I, I think I'm just actively rooting for her. I do too to succeed, so I, I don't want her to die. She's the most likable, uh, rascally character. Because yeah, because think of all the others. Like, um, uh, who was the, the 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 guy in the first season? Uh, Le- Lester. Lester. Yeah. Lester's a shitball. Yeah. Sure. Uh, y- you know, uh, Fat Damon's wife uh, was a complete was a complete disaster of a human Peggy, being, yep. Peggy, and you know, I just felt bad for 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 Met, for Meth Damon on that. Uh-huh. Uh, Nikki's about you know the only thing he's done is kill Maurice, right? Like that, yeah. And that's that's Smash certainly that's certainly a bad evil thing because Maurice didn't do anything but. But killing it, but but smoke dope with the wrong with, in, in front of the wrong parole officer or piss in the wrong yeah. parole officer's cup. That's his only real crime that I can tell. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't. But wrench, what about wrench? Um, I can see wrench being a stronger martyr. Can I'm going to put him at twenty five percent chance to live. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the avenging angel and her sidekick. I think like wrench could totally go. Wrench could die. Because he's there to serve a purpose, I think, in service of Nikki, not necessarily his own uh, purpose. My only thought is Holly might not want to do that because Wrench is the thing that's been in all three seasons, and if he does hope to have a fourth season, which I don't know if he does. Yeah, that's true. Like the, the way the the things I've heard from FX are that this might be the final season of Fargo, which honestly I'd be okay with. Yeah, if they have a compelling reason to come back, they might. But yeah, um, so but, far no. But then, but so so that's the only thing that I think would would because because yeah, I think uh, there is a bit of like evil characters have to die to redeem themselves, like you know Darth Vader to Wrench. That's mm-hmm. what has to happen. Yeah. Uh, Gloria. No, I think she's safe. Yeah, it would be a real, real out of nowhere for a, a cop to die in Fargo. Uh, yep. How about uh, Winnie? Winnie? Huh. No, I think I think both of them are safe. I think, I think both of the I, cops are safe. I think she's safe, but 90% safe. Okay. I could also see because that... I'm trying to think what emotional juice they could really hit me with with uh, Gloria and yeah. w- Winnie being killed by this whole thing would certainly outrage me and have and and, and have me feeling things. How about Gloria's son? <laughs> I think zero percent chance. Yeah, would that outrage you if I could see them? He I died. could I could see them putting him in danger. Yeah, uh, maybe for 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 that. Anybody yeah. like uh, Mo? Nah, I don't care. I mean, there's not a there's not a scale to register how little I give a shit about yeah. whether Mo dies. I mean, or he lives. could trip and fall into a wood chipper, and I would be totally cool <laughs> right. with that. Yeah, or he could make it through, and I'd be totally cool with that. He doesn't seem consequential 
Honestly. I, I feel like Mo could be fed feet first into a chipper by Varga, and the whole time he'd be screaming, this is the work of a drifter! Right. This is the work of a messed up drifter! You know? Uh, uh, as he's spraying out the other to the end. Case. That's right, that's right. <laughs> You're wrong, Glory. Uh, anybody, any that we, have we left the character out? Are we going to get... The other, this is not a live or die, but are we going to get resolution for this whole, you know, science fiction, in it, in a stussy... Like, like, is there going to be anything more than what's so. already there? There, it doesn't feel like it to me. But are we going to see the the useless machine box? It was last seen in the back of her squad car. Maybe as like a final shot yeah. to to put a stamp on the season, it's shutting itself off and then fade to black. Yeah, I could see that. Something too. like that. I could see that too. I don't. Think, I think that's all the like, deputy dumbass. Do you want to? He's dead. He's, he's dead? definitely dead. He's yeah. dead, but not for many nefarious anything. He just like just, just uh, one twenty Arby's the. the he chokes the on the curly stuffed fry. moose head falls off the wall and <laughs> crushes him at, uh, while he's at that restaurant. Or is Mimo. it a bear head? It's a bear head. Oh, oh shit. We've left off the... Okay. Yeah. Fuck. What are we doing? Mimo, Mimo. Dead. 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 I agree. I think he might already be dead. Okay. It's, oh, but, but you're right. You're I mean, right. The, possible, the, the timing. But, yeah. The yeah. timing. It's... Uh, but I think he's dead. Varga? Wow. That's the question, isn't it? I'm going to go... I'm going to say Dead. Because I think dead because 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 of all the unstoppable evil forces in Fargo, it's two are alive and one is dead. Yeah, like like Hanzi Malvo Hanzi dead. alive, Malvo dead. Uh, whoever I forget the guy from uh, the first Fargo, uh, he was alive but are in custody. I could see Varga being alive and in cu- but uh, but in custody. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun to see him like super fat in a jail cell because he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I, I'm not keeping up. Uh-huh. With it. I'm not keeping up appearances anymore. Uh, Goldfarb, uh, live, really? Yeah. So you're not. So that implies that you don't think she's in on the. the I mean, I think she plan. is, but she's. Well, uh, I don't know. They don't have a lot of time in this final episode. I just don't think you can say, okay, well, Goldfarb's the head of this operation, That's true. and like, here's here are the stakes, and here's That's the true. resolution, and like, it's not a lot of time. They've already knocked a lot of pieces off the board, stuff. though. With what do you mean? With like you know, there's no more Yuri. Uh, uh, it just true. feels like the the, the, no the playing the playing field. It's like we're in the last circle in battle, battleground. You know, totally. Like it's 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 not as is so, so. This might wrap up a lot faster than we think. Possible. Okay, I have one final email, but it's a little spoilery. Okay, it, it talks about uh, scenes from next week on Fargo, which. Not a huge spoiler, but I understand some people deliberately avoid all that stuff, especially for the finale. So if you don't want to hear any discussion about this as next week on scenes that we saw at the end of this episode, you can turn off now and only miss that content. Um, and we will see you next week for the finale. Uh, again, Fargo at BaldMove.com. If you want to send in feedback, you can also talk with your fellow fans at forums.baldmove.com. Uh, but uh, we're going to now slide into a bit of a spoiler section. Okay. Matthew K. He had an add-on, a spoilery add-on. Another Matt. It's, well, it's the same Matt. Oh, same Matt, right. It's a double. It's a, it, you'd think it's a quintuple, but it's just a quad Matt. <laughs> okay. He just, the Matthew K. Had, a, had another take. Emmett says, you work for Varga in the preview of next week on, to an unseen character. Modamic seems likely. Is there anyone else it could be? Did you see <laughs> wait, the next wait, week wait. on? Why does Modamic seem likely? Maybe there's a scene in there that kind of hints I at it. I just feel but... like that, and I felt this way too, that in the back of my mind, I'm always suspecting the incompetent cops of being on the take because that would be, somehow that would be more comforting and believable than they're just that fucking stupid and but pig-headed. The, but there's always, 
Right. There's always the old adage, you know, why suspect, you know, foul play when incompetence will suffice, you know? Well, but then in season two, they kind of blended that because they had that cop that was, you know, at least turning the the whole, the police department was turning a blind eye to the Gerhards. uh So there were a bit of a dirty cop angle. Sure. And there often is an organized crime, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. a big element of it. It's one of the that's one that's one of the things that puts the uh, the organized and organized crime. <laughs> right. Uh, my money though is on Goldfarb. Yeah, I think Emmett's yeah, going to be. You're going to find out that this is all can, and I don't know how because as I I kind of poked hole in Jim's Jim's theory, I don't see how it's connected, but that does seem the most likely connection because who else unless it's re, unless it's Psy. But there's no fucking way. I would no. be actively pissed yeah. if it's Psy. Yeah. Um, and it also it also could be Emmett misunderstood. Like like let's say that he's talking to Psy, size out of his coma. I've seen Emmett take a flight, like like misinterpret someone's intentions and think that he's working with Ray and think he. So like it, this could you know the, the one thing I've noted, one thing I'm sure of in my five years of doing this shit is that uh, the people that do these promos are liars and thieves and, yep. and deceptive. Don't leave your children with them. Yep. So <laughs> I, it could it could easily be him mistaking or or, 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 or uh, falsely accusing Gloria or anything. But if, if if you held my feet to the fire, I'd say it's Goldfarb. Sure, that seems because there's like not a decent... just just the process of elimination. Yeah. Like who else? How we. Uh, it's not going to be his daughter or son-in-law or wife. It's going to be Winnie. I don't think he. I don't think it's. I don't think he'd know. Um, ooh, what if Winnie? Winnie, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, I can't imagine, but that that's that's it's interesting because of that, and she's befriended Gloria. Yeah, she's been pushing Gloria when, down the right when path. When did though. Winnie and Gloria meet? That was they met because she was investigating size accident with the waitress. The yeah, way, it where, was where, a, an accidental meeting. You know, it was a happenstance that they met. But we also know Varga at least employed the one pig cop, and I'm not talking about like yeah, yeah, George, the I'm golem. talking about the guy yeah. who wore the pig mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that would be a mind blowing revelation if that he <laughs> put Winnie on the map just to take Gloria's eye off the ball. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because they've been spend, spending so much of their time on this investigation. You would think that yeah, she's been helping Gloria. Yeah, like, things that we know do push helping her in the right direction, though. With with massive air quotes, helping Gloria. <laughs> Except we have the inside knowledge, right? Like, yeah, I think that'd be dumb too. When he is actually helping her. Anybody is there anybody else that we've? I mean, obviously, no. Nemo would be stupid. Of yeah, he's working. <laughs> he would. Sure. Sure, he just hasn't noticed what me about because he's so quiet. What about the lawyer or the accountant that put them in touch with Narwhal? Oh, we haven't seen him since episode one, right? If he came, but, but I, would that be satisfying? I can't even fucking remember that guy's name. But one little was, piece of one piece of kindling for that fire is out of nowhere. They referenced him this episode. Oh, you're right, Buck. Because Goldfarb said, "Oh, we were introduced banker. by an associate of ours, a yeah. mutual associate." So maybe that's another dark horse candidate. And wasn't there? Hmm. Because boy, he led a lamb through the slaughter. If that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. It's. Huh. I almost don't want them to just turn over the apple cart here. Yeah. I kind of want it to be Goldfarb, so it at least 
could make some sense because if it's Winnie or somebody like that, yeah. I'll, I might throw my hands up and say, "Fuck this." Yeah, there is a, there is the, the, the danger of that breaking. Yeah, uh, but gold. I say I said Goldfarb's most likely, and then the banker would be another dark horse candidate that yeah. I could. Uh, and then the only reason I say that is because he's we've almost forgotten about him, but he was conspicuously mentioned by Goldfarb this episode. So. Dame Furry. This is the story of a great English lady. She is a knight. She's been knighted by the queen. A knight? Damn. That's that's the dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she's got this distinguished career. She's like Judy, Judy Dinch. And the posh English world is rocked to discover that she gets it on anonymously with other people who wear fursuits, and she herself wears a fursuit. Under her armor? Oh. <laughs> is this medieval or is no, this no, modern this is modern times. Okay. This is like tabloid. So, like, what is a tab? What do you – is there a um, – can you be disnighted? Can you have your dameship uh, removed just because you are caught in some kind of – Sex game. She's not. She, she's she's unmarried. Uh huh. She's not. She's not cheating on anyone. This is just something that she does with other consenting adults. Right. Is the weirdness of the furry aspect of this? Uh, is, is this a, is this a light? Is like is this the first of a, a numerous? Uh, is this the furry Philadelphia? Is this the like the first in the long line of fiction that's going to have? Uh, us uh, fur normative people question about why we why we need jerk dismiss these people's uh, sexual identity. Yeah, I feel like this is a British court drama, right? Like she's they're trying to bring her up on charges mm. for being a furry. It's the queen versus Dame Furry, right? And she's wanting and to she's... de de knight her, and she's right. fighting it in the the. She's going before the the court of lords. Yeah, because there's really nothing wrong with that. It's just, just making up all these politi- the court of lords, yeah, British political things. Yeah, right. there's a court of lords. It's got to be. Yeah, the parliamentary. They got panel. the court of commons where Joe Schmo goes. Like if you get in a bar fight, and you got the court of lords when they're trying to take your knighthood away. For sure, uh, they're trying to demote you d- 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 from. From Earl, from Duke to Earl, or from Baron to Duke. Now, Duke's, I think, the highest. So would it be kind of like a few good men sort of thing? Where you've got maybe the Queen as the Jack Nicholson character. Yeah, it's just... it's I want this film to show me what it feels like to have what, what you... you, you, what you what's, what's his... I mean, can I say it's not a healthy display of sexuality? Like I, I want them to actually make. I, I actually want to see what it feels like to be shamed for no good reason based on the things you like to do in the privacy of your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like as, as it's done so many times. Like you know, film and, and right. theater has changed my mind on so many different things. Like furries is one thing I've said. Like you know, I, I think that might be the thing that I'm the old man that just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm going to be the racist old person. Like I have to. Like I have to recognize furries. I don't. I don't think I can do that. I want this. I want. I want Dame Furry to change my mind. She's elegant. She's accomplished. She's talented. She's intelligent. She's she's sensitive, and she likes to fuck in a fursuit. 
<laughs> okay. What what where's the like ongoing drama here? What what format is this? Is it a movie? Is it a series? Is it It's a movie. It's a movie. A movie, okay. This is this is uh this is uh is a movie that's gonna come out in Oscar season. This is not like a summer blockbuster. This is a quiet spotlight type film. Okay. That is gonna be this uh portrayal of furry culture that's going to turn people's minds around. They're going to be like, you know what? People uh, are not that bad. In fact, there's something to be celebrated. Okay, so maybe she gets knighted like she's celebrating. She's wild. She's like, wildly the first third of the movie. It just should be it's like a, a celebration. Bi- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's glorious. Like this, she's loving life. Sure. Well, yeah. she actually, here's how it comes out. So she she has the knighting ceremony, right? And she mm-hmm. goes out and she's just partying with her friends. And then uh, she gets a little too a little too wasted. And then at some point during the night, she blacks out. She wakes up the next day on her picture or on her phone are pictures of herself in her furry costume. Like maybe Ooh. the furry costume is laying, you know, by the side of the bed here. And this is the first we've. Uh, oh, what? So so at the gala celebration of a night that she notices in like one of the smaller alcoves, there's a furry convention. Oh, and like okay. a bead of sweat breaks out on her forehead. Right. And she knows. And like, like during the nighting ceremony, I, you can kind of hear the rave music. Right. From the other room <laughs> and the other wing. And, and, and you can palace. see like her, her, her friends, like in the upper crust, they're like, as they're passing this, they're like, oh my God, those. These nighting like, ceremonies these, happen these furry in. furry people. Ugh. They happen in Buckingham Palace, right? But it's. So there's like a wing of Buckingham nah, Palace nah, that's nah, being utilized nah, as a the rave. Que- the queen just rents at some hotel <laughs> downtown. London. I can't imagine that's true. <laughs> but that would imply that this rave, this furry rave is happening in a wing of Buckingham Palace, which or, I think is or, hilarious. Or, or maybe it, it's, uh, you know, the, U- it's, it, the UK, it's, it's post-Brexit, they're having some financial trouble, and the Queen is actually renting out wings of okay. Buckingham Palace. There you go. You know, there's a couple well-heeled furries that have put this together, and yeah. her, all her friends are like, you know, like, Kat, and she, she knows secretly she's one of them, and that's how okay. we find out. Because the right. next morning she comes to, and, and you can see her like during the nighting ceremony, looking at the throne, yeah, looking over at the furry sign, and she's looking sh- back at the throne. Sure, you yeah. can see it. The and gears the next are day, turning. You can see the chamber, but why is she ashamed? Like she's not doing anything wrong, man. She's not ashamed, but she no, she, sees... she is. It's because societies make her felt that way. Well, right. So then it comes out, right? Somebody hacks her phone. Somebody gets the photos. We have a flashback where her mom walks in on her first, you know, like like browsing, browsing, uh-huh. for, looking at Fox pictures on the internet. Yep, looking at uh, watching the Lion King mm-hmm. in in uh, inappropriate ways. Yep, she's you know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this all this looks. <laughs> she just she's constantly listening to the Lion King soundtrack. I just feel like for like that um, stuff like you know the Fox and the Hound and Robin Hood with the Fox and Disney and Lion King. That's kind of like furry porn, right? Like that's anthrop- so. anthropomorph, slightly anthropomorphized animals having romances and whatnot. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's where it's at. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like you know uh, Sonic and Tails. He's already mostly anthropomorphized. Sure. And they they have a they have a gay furry relationship. Yep. Okay. I uh, that that seems that seems more than enough. <laughs> okay. 